Hi, welcome to the Drama Free Living Podcast. It's Dennis and Lisa McEntee. Here we are again. Hey. All right, you've come into the office. We're sitting at our easy chairs and um, just having a conversation. So you kind of get to join. Uh, these are some things that Lisa and I like to talk about. Glad you could join us. Yep, so Drama Free Living. So well, we're continuing to go through the book, but Lisa, before we do that, let's talk about dramafreeresults.com. We've seen a lot of great results with people joining the five-day challenge. And if you haven't joined the five-day challenge, go to dramafreeresults.com and you can enroll. Five days, five quick videos each day with a new quick strategy that you can implement right away to get your focus back. It's real, it's a free, it's a free resource. Um, and it's something for you to just be able to uncomplicate your life. Well, what I love, Lisa, is all of the results we're seeing from the different associations that we've been speaking at, the conferences, the workshops where we've been offering it, we've just seen such a fantastic sort of result of people going, wow, this has really helped me, this one strategy, this idea. And it's all about just one, maybe one strategy, one idea. You don't need five ideas. Sometimes you just need one idea. And Sometimes you just need to simplify. Yeah, absolutely. One so, strategy. One strategy to simplify. And we actually gave you five, so maybe we're doing too much. Well, you can pick which of the five was really effective. Fair enough. Devil in all five. Yeah, and if, if we can ever help you in a workshop or coaching, um, we're doing a lot of associations, even less virtual events and some more live events now. As it's we're exciting. Kind of, it is, now that we're sort of coming through the tail end maybe of the COVID pandemic that we've been in. And so if we can ever serve you that way, we would love to do it. So just reach out to us. Um, but we're going to continue the conversation on the eight qualities of drama-free teams. We're actually on chapter seven. So we're almost done. And it's been really good, Lisa, because, you know, these are the things that we haven't been able to put in a book. Mm -hmm. these, these are these are the extras. The extras. And it's almost like some of the new research. But it's also some of the things that it's much easier to communicate face-to-face -face or through through the spoken word that it's a little harder to address the concept in a written format. It really is because I think, you know, written, you can communicate content, but verbally is where you get the context. Right. And what I love is I feel like we've been able to give the context and kind of the, the color commentary around the topic. Exactly. Now, Dennis, I just have one thing to say. Okay. Stop asking why. Are you serious? Yes, I'm totally serious. Now, Lisa, that is the beginning of chapter seven, and it's probably the most controversial topic that we have when we tell leaders, hey, you got to stop asking why. So, Lisa, what, what do you think are some of the reasons, you know, that leaders ask why? Because they want to know. They want to know. They want to know. Yeah, and, it, it, and, and typically when people, like, when we say this, you know, all these reasons come up. It's like, well, root cause analysis. I have to get to the bottom of things. I've got to solve the issues, fix the problem. It can't happen again. So I got to find out why. And while we believe you need to do root cause analysis, many times why is one of the worst ways to do it. It really is. Uh, the question is, is do you really want to know why or do you simply want the behavior changed? What do you, what do you ultimately want? Yeah, because typically, you know, people do things for their own reasons. 
And sort of the ugly, you know, we spent a lot of time just counseling different people in, in our past ministry background. And what we've discovered is that typically it's something maybe that happened when they were at a younger age, right? That kind of locked them into a behavior. I, I remember one particular leader, you know, wanted to know why their team, you know, wasn't forthright and, you know, wasn't honest about when they didn't make, maybe didn't hit the goals or didn't get the results. And they sort of hid things from him. And I said, well, I said, here's probably the deal. I said, we can go get a nice couch and do some therapy on this person. And we're probably going to find out something like, you know, when he was three years old, his dad left him. And he kind of put you as a leader, as a father figure. So he desperately wants your approval. He doesn't want to dis- he doesn't want your disapproval. So he's going to kind of hold back. And, you know, this leader kind of just rolled his eyes. And he's like, gosh, I don't want to know any of that. Right. He doesn't really want to know why. And I asked him the question we always ask is, do you really want to know why? Or do you just want the behavior changed? And Lisa, I think 99% of the time, most people just want the behavior changed. And that's a really good perspective. The wrong question always produces the wrong perspective. And ultimately, perspective is everything. Oh, it absolutely is. And, and almost like when you think about it, people ask, like, like Lisa, if I come to you and say, Lisa, why didn't you do this? Or why did this? What is like your initial reaction to me? I am going to immediately get defensive and we're not going to get the, the situation resolved. No, you're going to, right. You're going to go defensive. You're going to go flight, flight or freeze, right? You're going to, in ways that people kind of fight is they give reasons. Mm -hmm. That's a way to fight. They give justifications. Mm -hmm. That's a way to fight. Or they just shut down. And here's what happens with that question. Why is that people's brains go into this unsafe place. So they sort of like close up, they close up. Right. And part of the goal as leaders is we want to create safe places. Because people's brains operate together in best in safety. I mean, think about Lisa, you know, when, when we enter a room, any room that we enter, the first thing our brain does is go safe or unsafe. Exactly. Now, now we never think that thought, but emotionally that's what's going on on the inside, safe or unsafe. And then we make quick decisions based on that. Like, you know, we go into a room, we look for somebody who's like us, or we go into a room and go, who do I know? Who do I know here? Who's... Who's somebody that's comfortable? Who's somebody, right? It's just a human nature. And when we when we analyze safe or unsafe, that tells us whether we close in and become protective or whether we open and become receptive. Yeah, so now we're going to give you an answer for what do you do with this got to find out root cause analysis and something a little bit more creative that you can start to use that really helps you find out the root of the issue, but also helps people's brains stay safe so that you can be creative because that's really what you're after. You know, Lisa, we're all about creating confident, collaborative, creative relationships. Absolutely. When people step in and they're confident, they're collaborative, they're creative, it's like great things happen. And if people are in fear, then they go to control. Yeah, and it's because almost, control is a response to fear. Control is absolutely a response to fear. And and think about isn't that why most leaders control situations or try to control people? Mm. Hmm. Good thought. That is another podcast. That's not this podcast, but that's a podcast for another issue. It, you know, I, I think like so when I think about why, uh, it almost creates some of this adult to child conversations, right? And then people tend to play the victim. And what I know about a victim is they always need a villain. If you're the victim, you have to have a villain. Boy, and that is a 
that is a rabbit hole you can get down quick and don't and you don't even recognize you do not recognize all you recognize is there's a villain you don't really recognize that you just became the victim which is why you have a villain and so it, it almost like if you're going to stay the victim you need that person to stay the villain boy that's a really quick way to destroy a relationship absolutely and it's almost like it's why we have some of these codependent relationships it's why people can step in and sort of rescue people. So you know, let, let's talk about this whole idea that um, you know having the right question really kind of drives people's thoughts. It drives their thinking. You know what I love about questions when I think about it is that questions create these open loops inside of your brain that demand an answer. Like your brain can't ignore a question. For example, today, what's the weather like where you are? What's the weather like where you are? Now, here's what's interesting, Lisa. When I said, what's the weather like, what did your brain immediately do? My brain immediately thought how it's um, spring, summer, and we feel like fall today. It's rainy, right? Your brain immediately thought about the weather. Now, here's what's interesting, Lisa. You can totally choose not to answer my question. You can say, well, I'm not going to answer that. But what did your brain do? My brain, my brain answered it. I might not have verbally answered it, but my brain answered it. And I stopped thinking about what I was thinking and jumped immediately to your question. And so almost in that way, questions direct people's thinking. Now, now here's, here's something interesting is as we, in workshops and with different large groups that we work with, many times we'll ask people, it's like, hey, do you want your people to think at a higher level? And Lisa, almost across the board, everybody says, yes, I, if people would think at a higher level, we would have a better team. Absolutely. Right. But if you're doing all the telling, guess what you're doing? They're not, you're doing the thinking for them and they're not able to problem solve themselves internally. And that's a huge problem that we're having today. Everyone's having someone else tell them what to think and what to do. And we're not problem solving ourselves. Right. And they're really just playing the victim. When you're letting somebody else think for you, when you let somebody else solve your problem for you, you're really playing the victim. And so, and this is a switch for leaders because you don't change people's thinking through a policy. You don't change it through telling. I mean, the fastest way that you do it is you do it by asking questions because your questions direct your thoughts those thoughts drive your actions and your actions produces your results. So it's really almost like the questions are producing your results. But it, and I think we all live inside of the questions that we ask ourselves. Absolutely. And, and honestly, we all like to be experts. So if you have a problem, I like to give you the answer because you know what, that, that um, puts me in a little bit of a step above you, puts me a little bit, above you, a little bit of authority over you. Yeah, and, and almost it kind of feeds your ego sometimes, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does. Right? Well, and I was even thinking about this, you know, a big word in the workforce right now is empowerment, right? It's like we want to empower our people, want to empower our teams. Well, Lisa, if I empower somebody, that just by nature means I'm going to lose a little bit of my power, hmm. right? So I'm, I'm going to give you some power. I'm going to empower you. I'm going to put some of my power in you and many times if you've got this big ego, boy, that's really hard to do. It's, it's almost like a lot of leaders that we, not a lot, but many leaders that we talked to when we first began to work with them, they make this statement, well, hey, I'm the problem solver. you got a problem, just bring it to me. I'm going to solve the problems. Well, the problem with always being the problem solver is guess what your team brings you? 
Always brings you problems. Always brings you problems, right? And so part of what we want to like shift the focus, even in our lives, our relationships, in our teams is the fact that questions go down and answers should come up. So as a leader, you really should be the chief question asker. And this is even in uh, relationships that are that are more horizontal in nature. Um, coworkers, you ask the questions and they give the answer. If you're wanting information or in a good communication, a good conversation, rather than always giving the answers, asking the questions, because that's how you draw the, the gold out of what's inside someone. Yeah, and it's like you really have to believe. See, we, we believe innately people are powerful enough to solve their own problems. Right, Boy, that's, that's a thought. That it really, it, it, but if I don't believe that, then I'm going to give you advice. I'm going to tell you what to do. I'm always going to do all the telling. Here, I know the answer. Now, the hard part many times as leaders, especially if you've been in your position for a long time, you sort of already know the answer. Yeah. Right. They bring you these problems yes. like, gosh, I've seen this problem 50 times, a thousand times. I've seen this problem every other week. Right. And it's like I quickly I know I know the answer. The challenge is, is that doesn't really help that person. It doesn't train them. No, it doesn't. And we need to allow people the space to be able to answer their own questions, to be able to answer their own problems. Because many times it's a thought or an idea that I have rolling around in the back of my head. And I just need a chance to allow it to come out. So you asked me the question, hey, what, what do you want to do with that? Or how do you want to solve that? Or what do you think is the best way to, to handle that situation? And that forces me to have to actually give an answer. Now, here's what's interesting, Lisa, is those questions that you just gave us, guess what they all started with? The one word they all started with. What? Were, what? 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 Right. And, and here's the dynamic that we want to think about shifting is that instead of always asking why, just flip your question to a what plus an action verb. Something happens. Now, even if you need to know root cause analysis, you can either ask, hey, why did this happen? Or you could ask like, hey, what transpired here? Another, what occurred? Another thing to do would be a different way to phrase it would be, can you help, can you help me understand? I'm not sure. I understand. Would you mind explaining? Those are also a couple ways that don't put someone else on the spot and they don't cause defensiveness because you're just asking for understanding. Right. And you want understanding so that you can help them fix it. Not necessarily you step in and fix it, but you want to help them be creative, coach them to problem solve themselves instead of trying to always find out why. So using like what, or could you help me understand, just changing that small dynamic. What, what I love about it, Lisa, is that you still get the same information, but you don't get the sting. You don't get the sting and you maintain the friendship. And you maintain the safe place. The safe place. And you almost maintain this collaborative creative space, which is really, when you have a drama-free team, that's what it's about. It's about having confident, creative, collaborative people. In our training, in our workshops, that's what we help leaders do is create these confident, creative, collaborative spaces where we really produce great outcomes and results in a very fast paced manner. And sometimes when you're working with very driven, high performance people, they often will come straightforward, very intense, very direct, wanting the answers. And that will 
kill your confident, creative, collaborative environment. Well, well, think about it. When you're asking why, it really kind of destroys people's confidence. Mm. It almost produces exactly what you don't want. Right? You're sitting here and you're going, yeah, I want my team to think at a higher level. I want them to act like adults. I want to try to figure out how to not run an adult daycare, which is what I feel like I'm running. But yet my own behavior is actually producing it in the teams. Okay, so why do we why do we phrase questions this way? So the reason that we phrase questions this way is to create a proactive, creative space. So we can either form it as a what plus an action verb Mm -hmm. or how plus an action verb. Like, how can you make this better? How can you improve this? What can you do to fix this? What's a possible solution? What's an answer? What do you want to do? What are you going to do? Instead of why, 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 why? Do you notice, Lisa, that it immediately puts you into a proactive state? Absolutely. And so instead of giving a reason or justifying or becoming defensive, we want you to go proactive. And you only do this when you're confident, when you feel a sense of confidence and the safety of collaboration. So the reason we ask questions in this way is first, it assumes that I believe you're powerful enough to solve your own problems. If I step in and I save the day, then I'm seeing you as a victim. Isn't that amazing, right? It's like we want them to be adults, but yet we actually treat them like children. And I'm seeing you as the victim and I'm the rescuer to save the day. Right. And rescuers just create victims. And typically victims love a rescuer. And these these types of interactions create extremely codependent uh, relationships with your teams. And your leader then assumes the responsibility of fixing the person, of fixing the team, of fixing the situation, rather than empowering the team to problem solve and find solutions. Absolutely, so the two mindsets that this really helps is first of all, it it helps you see that people are powerful enough to solve their own problems. They can fix their own problems. And the second thing is is that it directs them out of victim mentality. When you use questions in a very powerful way like this, it actually directs them out. It's like it keeps people's problems in the place that it's supposed to be. If people bring you a problem, a question that we love to ask is, well, what are you going to do? Ultimately, as a leader, it's your job to grow, to train your team, to solve problems. So we want you to start asking better questions. Stop asking why and change the framework. Start to use what or how plus an action verb to create this creative, confident, collaborative space where you actually get more results. When you win someone's heart, you get their hand. But if you focus on just getting their hand then you'll never have long-term success with your team and you have a revolving door of people entering and exiting your organization. Yeah, because it, it really like defines your culture, doesn't it? It defines your culture. You know, do you have a punitive culture or do you have a collaborative culture? When you continue to ask why, you tend to have a very punitive culture, but when you change the framework and change your questions, you create this collaborative, creative culture, which I think at the end of the day is what we want. I think for the most part, people show up to work and they want to do good, but it's how they're led that kind of zaps that engagement out of them. And we, we all want to be in relationship. We all have a deep need to have relationship with, with others, whether you're an extrovert or an introvert, we all need those relationships. And when you're part of a collaborative team, 
you feel like you're part of something and something that is hopefully for the greater good. Yeah, so use questions to help people think at a higher level and you're gonna enjoy better results. So we want you to go this week to go out and stop asking why, but start to use the what or how plus an action verb matrix. Sound good, Lisa? That sounds great. And you can also throw in the, can you help me understand? Because it gives people space. That's what I love about that. It actually gives people space to have a conversation instead of like being defensive. Absolutely. And if you see someone kind of closing in and becoming defensive, then pull out that, I'm not sure I understand. Awesome. Lisa, I think our tea is almost done. Our drinks are almost done. So I think it's time to kind of close it up for today. Yep. Awesome. So if you have not signed up for the five-day challenge, go to dramafreeresults.com. Totally our free gift to you so you can enjoy that. And we'll see you next time on the Drama Free Living Podcast.